0: I think influence is a negative term, and I think that people spend much too much time on it. Digitalmarketingradio.com. The big interview with David
1: Bain. What is word of mouth marketing, and how do you encourage it? What about stunt marketing? What's that, and how does it work? And can every business be creative with its marketing? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask our special guest today, Saul Colt. So, welcome to DMR.
0: Uh, thank you very much for having me on the show, David. I appreciate it.
1: Well, welcome. Well, uh, Saul is Chief Evangelist at Online Accounting Service Zero, and he's also one of Canada's best experiential marketers. So, Saul, what is an experiential marketer?
0: Um, so I, I don't want to get off on um, on a wrong start, but I think I'm I'm much more than just Canada's best word um, <laughs> of a marketer. I, I think I've crept into North America in general. But um, to a- answer your question, what is an an experiential marketer? Uh, you know, so much about marketing is is about you know clicks and banners, and we're not really creating experiences for people. So I, I sort of tend to work you know, with the goal of setting people towards, you know, a digital space. But I want to create real-world experiences for people. They can be in many different ways. So, um, you know, I'll go into it sort of later because it, it dovetails in other questions you have. But, you know, experiential marketing in, in its truest form is creating memorable experiences for people that they have to share.
1: Right. Okay. So content marketing mixed with viral marketing. Yes. Um, So, okay, that's great. That's experiential marketing. Um, But what about word of mouth marketing? Is that different from um, experiential marketing, Um, i.e. do you have to create content to get good word of mouth marketing happening for your business?
0: Well so there are two forms of word of mouth marketing. There's the creating, you know, experiences that people are going to share and that's definitely, you know, one of the the core pillars of word of mouth marketing, but there's also just being like a really great company and creating, you know, great products that people want to talk about or creating, you know, customer service that people are going to want to talk about. You know, one of the the big sort of things about word of mouth that that People either smart people realize or don't realize is everybody focuses on social and and you know tracking sort of conversations in that respect. But you know, eighty two percent and and usually whenever I throw out a number, I just say I just made that number up. But that's actually a number that I read somewhere. So eighty two percent of all word of mouth happens offline. So word of mouth marketing happens you know in line at the grocery store and at kids soccer games and it's any referral from a trusted source. So If I were to tell you, David, that this is the greatest movie of all time, you'd be probably, you know, iffy, you know, 50-50 chance that we have the same taste in movies or something like that. But if a friend tells you and you know their taste and you trust them, um, you know, that's going to be a qualified sort of referral. Word of mouth is getting all of your friends to tell you. Um, to do something, a lot of people use influence as a term when they talk about word of mouth marketing. I think influences I think influence is a negative term, and I think that people spend much too much time on it i you know I think word of mouth marketing should be this beautiful thing that it's really more about inspiring other people to you know discover things and learn about new things and and share those stories so yes, it's about you know. Creating experiences and things like that, but it's also just knowing that people are going to talk about your business all the time. So you don't always have to give them content, but you have to give them something to talk about, and you have to be, you know, give them a positive feeling about your business.
1: Okay, that's intriguing that um, the majority of word of mouth marketing still happens offline. Um, mm-hmm. w- what about um, to get that going though? I mean, obviously, you've got to have a great product or service, and mm-hmm. um, uh, but you've, you've you've got to find a way to seed that initial conversation. Uh, are there better ways to to get that started?
0: Um. So I, I wish I could tell you there was this like tried and true way, and you just send a tweet, and all the magic is going to happen, and people are going to uh, <laughs> just fall all over themselves to buy your product. But it it really does come down to knowing your customers, and you know that's also part of you know word of mouth, and and part of you know ex- creating experiences. You don't want to create the wrong experiences so um, a lot of you know what i talk about is is kind of you know old school mentality and and some people scoff at at my beliefs and other people you know scratch your head and try it and and either works or doesn't work and other people are just you know ready to to jump in full force but it's really like if you know where you're you know your customers well enough you know what they're going to like you can offer stuff to them that's always going to hit you know the right sort of sentiment the right sort of like level of sense of humor and and, and things like that so it's it's really about knowing your customers and knowing what's going to work for them and that takes a long time and it, it takes some some sort of experimentation and failing but you know to uh, before I joined Zero, and, and by the way, everyone should check out Zero. It's spelled X E R O dot com. It's a really wonderful uh, cloud accounting <laughs> software program. But before I joined Zero, I used to do a lot of consulting for people, and I was always struck at you know how few people, how many few companies actually took the time to know their their customers. And you know when you think of like these PR disasters and things like that, um, you know if you know what you can get away with. You'll never really have a PR disaster because you, you think about, um, you know, a company like American Apparel, they're so known for being like outrageous and and doing, you know, things that push the limits of good taste. But, you know, most people who know American Apparel, they would never be phased by any sort of controversial or shocking thing because they'd be like, well, that fits the brand. That's American Apparel. And the people that sort of follow that are, are you know, okay with it. Whereas a lot of the people who complain about things wouldn't be customers to begin with because they they don't believe in the vision or the personality of the company. Um, when you're seeding things like, you know, people would say, oh, I've got to be on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I'm going on like a crazy person rant, so feel free.
1: No, that's good. That's good. I'm I'm taking a couple of notes, so I'll I'll, I'll (laughs) (laughs) reply in a bit.
0: Feel free to interrupt any time, but, you know, like most companies will just say, oh, we have to be in, you know, facebook linkedin and, and twitter because those are you know the the three most important places when when if you know your customers you may not need to be in all three you may need to only be on one you may not to be on need to be in any of those places maybe all your customers congregate on pinterest or all your customers congregate on instagram like it's really about trial and error like really figuring out what works for your company and once you kind of know then you can have great success because you can focus all your energy in in a smaller amount of places than trying to spread yourself thin and be everywhere and hoping lightning will strike
1: Right I mean you also mentioned um, a couple of interesting phrases there uh, one was um, I'm going
0: to mention tons of interesting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Just three no <laughs>
1: and I'm sure you've mentioned tons more as well but uh, um, you mentioned push limits you, you mentioned that um, some Companies do have PR disasters and um, wrong experiences, so there are negative experiences out there as well. Um, Perhaps um, something's happened that's nothing to do with some marketing team that's just started and they have to recover a brand's reputation. Um, Is it really possible to recover a brand's reputation if it's been completely trashed and everyone's perception when they're talking to their friends is that brand is negative and not worthwhile trying?
0: Um, Well, it's always worth trying because, like, if you're going to stay in business, you should try to fix the problems. But I think everything can be, you know, fixed. You look at, you know, companies that have had, like, horrible disasters from, like, a PR standpoint. Like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going way back and I may not even have the facts straight, so please, like, somebody – you know call me out if this is wrong but but like you know in the the late 80s tylenol um you know they had all sorts of crazy problems where there was tampering with the packages and and like people got really like you know physically ill from tampered packages but now like nobody thinks twice about grabbing a tylenol if you have a headache and so it's like you, you can ride out any wave you just have to really like focus on it and and make things better i think it's only when Companies ignore the issue or they don 't have the self awareness to know there 's even a problem, so something like the Tylenol disaster that and, and this is like twenty five years ago so you know i'm i 'm really up to date with the relevant uh, <laughs> examples but um but twenty five years ago and and you know this was a media nightmare, but if you just have something along the lines of like um i don't know like a a silly tweet that goes out you know there there was something the other day um that was you know pretty racist from a restaurant i don't recall which restaurant it was but you know it sort of skirted on the line between you know funny and and uh and inappropriate and you know they got called out but you know i don't even remember who it was 48 hours later so I think, you know, because we're so bombarded with so much content and and different things, unless there's something really huge, nobody's really going to remember anything after a week or two.
1: Right, okay, that's interesting. And things appear to be possibly bigger than they are immediately after the event, but um, (laughs) it's not necessarily how they're going to be perceived in a few weeks' time and certainly a few months' time
0: think about you know 911 which is you know one of the most horrific things that's happened in you know, the last 20 years and and stuff like that every year on 911 some company makes a ridiculous judgment call and sends out a tweet that just like gets everybody crazy but like i can't think of any of them right now but on that day everyone is is like sharing them all saying this is ridiculous you guys are going to kill your brand but like who remembers it now? And it's only three months later.
1: Wasn't there um, a few months ago? I think the um, I think PR person to George W. Bush at the time um, decided to tweet out everything in time as it actually happened to mark the anniversary. Does, yeah. does that ring a bell at all with you?
0: Yeah, yeah and that, that that's like a ridiculous crazy idea. Like that's pouring salt in the wounds of like people who went through like a horrible tragedy, lost family members and stuff. And like whoever thought that was a good idea, but you know, like still no one's talking about that stuff. Like, I I think – and it's got nothing to do with attention spans and it's got nothing to do with that. I just think that, that we're so immersed with, like, we're, we're absorbing so much more content than we've ever had before. Most people lead very busy lives. And in, in all honesty, and this may make me, you know, unpopular, ads and things, well, I love them and it's how, like, I make a living – really not that important in the grand scheme of most people's lives so you see it you react you either remember it or you don't you move on to the next thing that's why like stuff has to be super memorable like like you've mentioned um you know i'm sort of jumping around so feel free to tell me if you want me to stop no but, that's that's fine uh, no
1: i mean i tell you what you mentioned absor- absorbing so much content does that mean there's too much content now or almost so much that it's impossible almost to make an impact with content and you need to focus on what you call stunt marketing
0: um, you can make an impact with content. It's just the content has to be so great and so targeted now. Um, so I, I was one of the first, like, 2000 people on twitter back in oh six or oh seven whenever it was and like it used to be the most amazing place where you could have conversations you can actually like you know put out a tweet and a tweet would have a lifespan and people would see it and you know people paid attention and now like there's you know and it also depends on how you curate your own twitter stream and things like that but you know the grand scheme of things unless a tweet catches fire you know get seen for about 15 minutes and cause there's just so much stuff bearing it on top of it. Everyone else is sort of added to, you know, the pile of things and you know, whether that's good or bad, it's, it's, it's indifferent because if there wasn't more people, you wouldn't be exposed to new and different things. And there's always like amazing things that sort of pop up on my radar that I would never, um, never in the world find on my own. So while I appreciate all this stuff, it just does make the, the, the bar, a thousand feet higher as far as like how do you grab someone's attention because it's really like you've got 15 minutes and if those people aren't online when you tweet it and you're not one of these people that tweets something eight times in one day the same thing over and over and over it's like very few people are going to see it you know like um so it's like you really have to almost put you know be outrageous or do something crazy just to just to get the eyeballs and then hope that that outrageousness sort of pays off because if you're just doing things for the sake of outrageous, then you become like, you know, America's funniest home videos where you're just, you know, people are getting hit in the genitals and stuff like that. Like everything has to have a purpose and everything has to have a payoff and it has to, you know, drive to something, whether it be, you know, brand awareness or customer acquisition, like you have to have clear goals for this stuff um, because, you know, like the chances of actually grabbing someone are so slim. You don't want to waste that opportunity on just like fluff and things like that.
1: Okay, and um, what about a means to actually get your message across? Um, you mentioned um being one of the first people on Twitter back in two um, well, thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, you're obviously still yeah, you but you're obviously still on there at the moment. Um, I'm kind of tweeting quite a bit. Um, have you fallen out of love a little bit with Twitter, and do you prefer other communications mediums? Uh,
0: well, I just like being face-to-face with people because you can't make out with people on Twitter, but as far as, like, you know, communication platforms go, like, I I still love Twitter. It's like a, you know, I, I use it as a news source. I use it to passively stalk friends so i know what's going on in their lives i you know get exposed to all sorts of wacky products that i may or may not buy so i think the value of twitter is still enormous and i'm still like a huge fan um i just know that it's noisy so you know you're not having those those conversations like you used to have where you can go a little deeper and and keep people's attention because there's just so much going on but Has it run its course? No, I don't think so. Has it, you know, sort of gotten boring to me? Not really, because I follow some amazing people who always surprise me and expose me to stuff that I find fascinating. So if people are bored by Twitter, they may just need to recurate, you know, who they're paying attention to and thing. Like everybody, including myself, has like a shelf life. I used to be, you know thought of as a, a pioneer and a thought leader in the space and now you know like i get lots of favorites but i don't get retweets and and i think that's sort of the way people like make people like me crazy who are <laughs> desperate in the need for attention i'm like share everything and then they just keep it private to themselves um so that's like my burden that i have to live with but <laughs> at least i at least i know like i'm still reaching people and people at least you know believe what I say or follow or take think of me as a as a as a you know a a source for information or you know they may like what I like so if I find something I'm like a sharer I read a great article I want people to like you know listen to it and read it and follow it because you know like I, I if it if it made an impression on me I think it'll make an impression on other people because you know we're all pretty the same. We're not, you know, even the most individual people are still kind of the same as everyone else. So, I read something cool I want to share it. It's up to you whether you want to receive it.
1: Now, um, certain types of businesses, certain genres of businesses, um probably find it easier to be creative um, with um, how they approach their marketing Um, but what about businesses that um, or b2b businesses or more more serious businesses can every business be really creative with its marketing or do you think um, there are only certain types of businesses that have the ability or freedom to be fairly outrageous with what they do
0: So every company owes it to themselves to have a personality. Your personality doesn't have to be the life of the party, the guy running around with one-liners and and trying to be outrageous. But every company absolutely should have a brand. It should have a personality. You know, it, it can be conservative, but they have to, like, when you think of a company, you have to think of, like, what they stand for and what they're like, and sort of think of them as a person, because you know the the government says that corporations are people. Um, if you're not, you know, trying to, you don't have to shock people, and you don't have to be outrageous, but if you're not trying to at least be human and. Cr- create connections then you shouldn't probably be on social media and stuff like that because you're just not going to click with people like any brand that all they do um at any time is just offer discounts or sales or or push things in that respect they're not going to be that interesting but you you don't have to go to the extent of like you know i don't know i was trying to think of something offensive that's not really (laughs) offensive but you, you don't have to go to the extent of trying to like stand out to to the point of of hurting yourself. But, you know, like, everybody has a joke inside of them and everybody has an opinion. I think every company should have an opinion. It doesn't have to be outrageous or shocking, but, like, let people actually see inside. Companies, if companies are not people, they're at least made by people. And if you see most companies that do social really well, they have a face instead of a logo as their Twitter avatar or their Facebook avatar because they want you to see the person behind the, the the social channel. And the reason companies do that, or at least the reason I do it as a, and, and whether companies do it by accident or not, is because people are allowed to make mistakes, companies aren't. You know, if you're a bank or a, a thing and you, you know, whatever, you bounce a check by accident on a customer you're going to like get really aggravated because it's something that affected your day. You're going to swear up and down that that bank are the most awful people in the world. But when you go to the bank and talk to the teller, chances are you're going to be nice because you know that that teller is a person and they probably weren't the person actually responsible for whatever the mix-up was. And you know, unless you're just a bad person, you're not going to go and scream and tear a strip off that person. Great brands put people in front of them in social channels because people are allowed to make mistakes. And, you know, that's sort of the secret to it. And also, brands, when people go crazy and make, you know, racist comments or whatever, um, they can fire the person to feel good about themselves publicly that they, like, dealt with the problem. So there's great reasons to have personality and there's great reasons to let people shine um, because it sort of just creates a good experience on all fronts. And, and, you know, the negative side is it also protects the company from, like, sort of getting into an awkward situation.
1: So you talk about brands having... Images uh, having um, people's pictures and um, individuals behind. Um, Have I answered a
0: single question of yours, or I'm just like going on?
1: <laughs> I think what you're doing is you're actually predicting my question here as well. So oh. I'm 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 coming up with questions in my head here and uh, having to actually think of something else because you're just answering them one by one without me asking them as well. But um, I've got more sure. specific questions in a bit, so don't worry about that there as well. But I mean, just lastly, in relation to what you're talking about there. Um, If um, a brand has an individual to represent them on Twitter, um, should that handle be the individual's name or should it be the brand name?
0: No, it should always just be the brand. But, you know, it should be the picture and in the description it should say, you know, our tweets come from this person or, you know, a series of three people or whatever. Like, it's just always good to create a human experience I think the humanity and, and I, I you told me, you know, what sort of the next segment is gonna be about. I'm gonna speak a lot about, you know, human businesses and stuff, but humanity is something that's really been lost in, in a lot of companies recently. They see, you know, you know, digital as a way to like sort of not strip on purpose of humanity out of of their brands, but that's been the result of some of their their activities.
1: Okay, well, uh, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading in general. So starting off with… Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success?
0: Um, so I, I don't know if it's a marketing success, but I, I can't live without Tripit. I think it's one of the the, the apps that I, I depend on, and, and obviously like I use Zero every day. And like this sounds like I'm shilling for them. I do work for Zero, um, but it's the best like product out there, and uh, it just it saved my life all the time for personal stuff as well as business stuff. So those are the two things I can't live without and probably Google Docs and stuff like that.
1: Okay, and a slightly more challenging question. What software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the near future?
0: Um, that is a tough one. Stuff that I don't use, you know what, I'm I'm really bad at like, you know, um like group text and stuff like that. You know, things like WhatsApp and and um things like that. And I probably should get on that a lot better because I do believe that there is tons of value in real time communication that, you know, can include a lot of people besides like a text based formula and stuff like that.
1: Okay, great. Well I'll include links to all the um the tools that you've mentioned there just um within the, the, the notes next to this podcast on digital marketing.
0: that? That was the hardest question you've asked so far. All the other stuff I, I could tell you right away, but asking me something that I, you know, what don't I use? You, like I was stumped. I <laughs> Is that, that a good thing to be stumped? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, I was just going to say, I'll include the, the links to all the tools you've mentioned there just um, within the show notes, but um, let's move on to... I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What mm-hmm. didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently?
0: Um, I I wish I had budget to take advantage of um, a lot of the the great opportunities that were out there. So, um, you know, uh, as far as uh, what did I wish I would do? Um, I probably wish I took better chances. Um, so now in my career, I've developed a reputation of being the guy who will do anything and sort of with sound judgment and take you know really calculated risks and you know I, I'm fearless in almost everything I do and that's been the best thing in the world for my career and it's also you know held me back at sometimes. Um, But early in my career, I just, I wish I was more confident in what I was doing. Um, sort of the old expression of, I knew then what I knew now, Mm. I, you know, this sort of thing, like, it's just, you know, when things don't work, It's really not the end of the world and you have to sort of learn that by trial and error and actually keep, you know, I'm going to keep coming back to pushing limits and and, and taking chances and stuff. I wish I did more of that then because the tools have always been there. It's just, you know, it's really about a comfort level as a marketer, whether you want to take advantage of them.
1: So do you think that's the biggest thing that's holding back marketing newbies at the moment?
0: Yeah, because you know it's, it's you know when you're new or you're working in an agency and you have a client you're you're always trying to you know impress somebody so it's either your boss or your client or, or both at sometimes and it's you know it's like the best thing you could have is is um, you know sort of a cautious recklessness if that's even uh, anything. Um, but it's like you're never gonna do great things if you don't take chances and and, and you know cross the line uh, you know a little bit.
1: So, did you learn that um, yourself, or did you um, get that advice from someone else?
0: Um, I always had it in me. It's it's basically like how I live my life. Uh, but I was always reckless with my personal life and safe with my business life. And now I'm just a mess in both sides <laughs> of my my life. So.
1: Okay. Um. So be a mess, and you'll be a success. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The
0: this or that round.
1: So this is a quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction here. So I'm um, ready to go. Sure. Email or Twitter?
0: Uh, email.
1: Audio or video? Uh,
0: always video.
1: Affiliates or display advertising?
0: Uh display.
1: Facebook or Google Plus?
0: Uh, Facebook.
1: Online press releases or one and one relations?
0: Always one-on-one relationships.
1: Paid search or SEO.
0: Um, there's a lot of value in paid search.
1: Email contact form or telephone number.
0: Always telephone.
1: Website or app.
0: Um, I like websites.
1: Social subscriber or email subscriber.
0: Uh, I love email. It's very intimate.
1: And local marketing or global marketing.
0: Uh, it's the whole um, act locally, think globally.
1: So you selected Facebook, not Google Plus there. Are you uh, not particularly in love with Google Plus?
0: I'm kind of indifferent to Google Plus. I I love Facebook because I can look at pictures of people I went to high school with in bathing suits. Um, But other than that, I um, am, I just think, you know, for the way I've, sort of spend my time i was you know very entrenched in facebook before google plus came along and while i do spend time on google plus i just i i've already built up like my my circles to use a a google plus expression on facebook that's where i go to like spend time and and sort of you know just snoop around and stuff so it's got nothing to do with ui it's got nothing to do with brand over brand it's really just i was there first it became more of a routine and and i just haven't sort of kicked the habit
1: and you also said always video um when I asked audio or video. Um does that mean that um I should be doing a video podcast?
0: No, I I like video. I'm like I, I think you can't um you can't cheat on video. You can see people's expressions and I'm a very visual person. I, I like Sort of like reading people, and even just seeing like what they're wearing and stuff. You can learn a lot about a person by, you know, their style and how they they sort of like body language and stuff. So whenever the opportunity is is there, I, I prefer video. Um, but you know, audio. I think it's it's just more like I I, I would. I spend a lot of time in Google Hangouts and things like that to do meetings with people all around the world. Whereas, like, I, I don't think I would ever just pick up a phone and call people. Like, podcasts are amazing. I, I'm really passionate about podcasts. I like, it's pretty much all I listen to. So that's, like, I, I think of it differently. But as far as from a business standpoint or if you're communicating, trying to do a deal or, or a thing, I, I like looking at people. That's just that's my thing.
1: It's interesting you said um, you love podcasts, but as far as from a business standpoint, does that mean that you don't think that the majority of businesses can take advantage of podcasting as a marketing medium?
0: No, I think podcast is an amazing marketing media a medium. I think you know, but it's it's one sided. You're just pushing. So absolutely, you can do amazing things with podcast. I am so bullish on podcasts. I love them to death. Um, just to clarify my statement, if I'm in a meeting with somebody, I'd much rather look at them and talk to them, and you know, do that than be on a phone call.
1: Okay. Well, I'm certainly intending to um use Google Hangouts on Air and record videos and um um do that in the future as well. So um um you heard it here first. <laughs> um so moving on to
0: the $10,000 question.
1: If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure its success?
0: Um Oh, I usually whenever someone says if I gave you ten thousand dollars, the answer is always um build a giant robot. Um but I will um be more responsible. And um you know, since we were talking about um, podcasting, I would I would really invest it in podcasts and you know get the equipment and, and sort of get a whole structure around you know, securing some interesting guests and and doing some really amazing things. Like I, you know, buy a pile of bandwidth and and sort of run with it. Like I, I really am bullish on podcasts. I think that they're it's kind of like the golden age right now. It's it's like this is the time, you know, from an investor standpoint to buy 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 because um, I, I just think it's going to get better. The the barrier to it is so low. The appetite for it is so high. You don't need, you know, like with television and video and stuff like that. It's it's really a skill because everything has to look great and you have to build sets and you have to worry about lighting and things like that. You know, if you wanted to go, you know, big scale on on podcasting, you can have, you know, professional setup and a studio, but you can also just have like a really great microphone in your iPhone, sit in a quiet place and have a conversation with somebody. Um, so I'm, I'm really like, big on that. So, you know, that that's it's not going to be the thing that's going to change the business or, or be like, you know, if things are struggling, turn around. But I do think it is a tool that um, you could really grow your business and have great success with right now.
1: So um, spend some money on that. Uh, get a decent microphone and um, don't get one that scratches against your beard. <laughs> that's right. Um, what about metrics? What are the main metrics that you keep an eye on to actually judge in your business, in your own business, on a, on a regular basis to see if your marketing activities are having an impact?
0: So, um... I, I have a, a friend who always uses this expression, um, her name is Krista Nair, and I found it recently that she didn't come up with it herself, which like kind of broke my heart because I give her credit for it all the time. But anyways, the, the expression is, um, not everything great can be measured and not everything measured is great. And I, I take that as, um, I, I think people really spend too much time with the metrics first. Everything should be started with a goal. So... For for anyone to give you a general statement and say that, you know, we're measuring these two things and this is how we measure success is really difficult because every project or every initiative is going to have different goals. So how do you measure things? Well, first, you have to know what the goal is first and work backwards to figure it out. So some activities, it's going to be customer acquisition. Some activities, it's going to be customer retention. Some activities, it's going to be, um, you know, straight, you know brand awareness, some activities, is going to be pure PR. So your measurement for each one of those would be different. If you're just looking for PR, your measurement of success would be, well, if we got six articles, if you're looking for customer acquisition, it'd be like, you know, maybe it's 10 new customers, maybe it's 10,000 new customers, but you have to set all of those goals ahead of time. So um, to actually say what measurement do you look for, it's really what do you need in your business at that time? So, you know, at the beginning of uh, companies, you kind of need, customers revenue and attention so those would be your three goals later on in life you may not ever need a penny more because you're just doing so successful so the things you actually need are you know it could be media it could be um you know you know new channels to explore it could be all different things so it's really like what do you need right then figure out the goal then the metrics are super easy to figure out
1: i really like that saying actually um t- t- sorry what was that again it was n- not everything great not can every- be measured
0: and not everything measurable is great. Right. So okay. just to say, oh, we got traffic and things like that. Well, like maybe you don't need traffic. Maybe you need customers. You know, traffic doesn't always keep the lights on in your business. Mm. So your goal, if you're worried about keeping the lights on, your goal should be revenue. Oh. And you figure out like how do you measure that and to create more revenue, you need more customers. You need to upsell your current customers. You need to, you know, lower churn. So there's, so it's, it's really like, yeah, like figure out the goal and the metrics just fall
1: into place no um i I really like it because um i spend a lot of my time assisting with search engine optimization um Mm -hmm. assisting different um, businesses with that so um a lot of businesses that i encounter spend too much money in my opinion um on brand pay-per-click because um it's justifiable from the agency in that that direct click Definitely results in a sale. Um, But um, who's to say that they wouldn't receive just as much traffic anyway through organic search if people are definitively definitely looking for that brand? And perhaps you could experiment with more interesting, creative marketing activities to reach new people rather than existing customers.
0: Couldn't agree more.
1: Great. Okay. Well, so you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation. Um, but just what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses?
0: So the biggest takeaway, and I know I mentioned it two or three times, it's it's really to push the limits. So when you're creating experiences or you're creating, you know, memorable activities for people, whether it be a blog post or, or an event or anything really, it's it's know your customers as well as you can know where the line of good taste is or like where that line of what you can get away with without ruffling any feathers and actually taking like two baby steps over the line it's those two baby steps um that is where the memories are created don't really worry about you know ruffling feathers because to be honest with you if you do something really cool and nobody's upset then what you did probably wasn't that cool um so it's, it's really like the whole trick of everything is to get people to talk and getting people to talk is, is really about creating something that's worth talking about.
1: Excellent. Well, that takes to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus and your advice. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do?
0: Um, so for more information about me and Xero, you can check out Zero.com. It's X-E-R-O.com. Uh, if you know anybody or you have a personal need yourself for um you know online accounting software, please check us out. Uh, if you're interested in what I do, you can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet. Um at my handle is the same everywhere. It's Saul Colt, all one word. S-A-U-L-C-O-L-T. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter is at Saul Colt. LinkedIn anywhere feel free to connect reach out I'm happy to help and like I, I'll just say as like a closing sort of thought David I, I've i listened to a bunch of uh, your episodes and it's sometimes hard when you're the guest on the show but I think this might be the best one you've ever done
1: <laughs> absolutely I couldn't disagree with that if I tried <laughs> okay, yeah, thanks again so
0: okay thank you very much this was fun
1: digital marketing radio log marketing Digital marketing radio that